if you were to pick one thing that you feel you did that got you from like zero to almost a hundred thousand followers in less than a year and a steady book of business, what would that, and I know there's so many things, but if you had to pick one and raise it to the tippity top, what might it be? I'd say I, I definitely listened twice as much as I spoke. And it's such a, it's such a simple, but practical piece of advice. And I really do believe that there is an art to, you know, taking in and consuming content more than you're actually posting. So, you know, what I did is I would spend most of my time collecting data and then using that data to turn it, to turn it into content that my audience actually wants and cares about. And I feel like that was kind of the unlock in starting to build that following. Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today doesn't even need an introduction. If you're on LinkedIn, you have seen Jonathan Palmer and his ridiculous, amazing videos. Jonathan, welcome to the show. I am so, so excited to be here. Um, from the moment that I met you and I could feel your energy, I just, I knew that as soon as we could collaborate together, it would be something special, something powerful. Me too. And that I, you took the words out of my mouth, literally. I was going to say from when we had you on the Influencer Summit, I was like, we ought to do more together. Like there's just, there's great things here. And I knew I had to have you on the show. So I'm so excited to have you. And I'm really excited for this nuanced topic that we're going to discuss of intrapreneurship, which is more common than I think a lot of people recognize. So Let's, why don't you kind of say, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, um, I think, you know, we need to be very self-aware of ourselves. And one thing that I recognize is I was a lot more, and this, this applies to so many people that I know, so many people on LinkedIn, um, you know, just because you're, you're confident, you're good on camera, just because you're, maybe you have charisma, um, doesn't mean you're, you're a great leader necessarily, right? I recognize that I needed someone that uh, had more like, you know, of these business qualities, these leadership qualities. I wanted to work kind of within it, but be able to um, make my own business, get my own clients, make my own money, but with the leadership of somebody that had uh, a little bit more of those, uh, those natural characteristics. So entrepreneurship, something that I I, did, I had never heard of the term a year ago, but I'm starting to recognize that a lot of people kind of do this thing. And uh, it's been really powerful for me. I'm really glad that I jumped into it. So so it's like, Car so you work with Shay Robottom, who again, if you're on LinkedIn yes. and you haven't seen Shay, you obviously don't spend almost any time on LinkedIn. <laughs> like there's, if you're on LinkedIn and you hang out in the feed and you're with the community, there are some people that you just know, <laughs> like you can't miss them. Um, and so this concept of, working within someone's umbrella, but kind of working for yourself under their umbrella. It's almost like multi-level marketing, but not. Cause like you're getting kind of a brand, but you're really doing your own thing with it. Right, right, right. 
So what did you and that's, do? And that, yeah, well, that's that's essentially how it works. Okay, I want to know what you did before this because I'm I'm kind of curious how much of you you brought in and how much Shay made you because I know Shay for a couple of years now. We go back and there's definitely a lot of Shay. Like I feel it in what you do. Yes. I'm curious where where did you come from? What did you do before? Oh my gosh, oh, this is this is gonna surprise some people. I was a forensic accountant, so I was. Oh my god, I love this, guys! If you would see yeah. John, you just because this is not a video. <laughs> like you need to see him to understand how incongruous <laughs> that almost is. Yes. But okay. that's that's why it's so much fun, right? It, it's just like, uh, yeah, you know, like a round hole in a square peg. You, like I, the furthest thing, you know. And 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 for so many years, I could feel like I was being restricted. I was being caged. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't the right fit for me. But um, yeah, and I remember that at the time I was working as a forensic accountant, and my father wanted to uh, rebrand the 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 forensic accounting business. And you know, I discovered Shay. I started seeing the videos that she was creating. And, you know, subconsciously, I, you know, I knew that there was something about what she was doing that was calling for me. But on the outside, I was like, oh, I just want to help my dad make some video content. And um, what it turned into is I reached out to her. She actually took the time to meet me in person and um, coach me. And then from there, it just allowed me to go after something I was really passionate about. And as soon as she saw, like, it was, it was a very quick process. I, you know, I met her in like December, January of last year. And then by March, April, she hired me. I had so much success so quickly with it. She's like, all right, it's time for you to leave the forensic accounting business. Come do something that you were born to do. And um, that's why I have so much loyalty to her because I don't know where my trajectory would have been if she didn't take a chance on me when who knows if I was a good fit at the time. So I think that is so cool. So you went from really back off, like forensic accounting. I think the concept is super cool, but I've spoken to some of my colleagues about it. It's extremely <laughs> tedious. It is. It is. That's the perfect word to use. Yes. You are like every receipt, every little transaction. You are just like digging, digging, digging. Um, what it's, I'm almost speechless. And that takes a lot for me. <laughs> like, was it because it was a family business? Like what even propelled you to do that to begin with? Oh, so dad was like, yeah, okay, was listen, why would you go get a job work for me? I'm going to hand you a job. You're going to do this. Right. You know what it was? Um, so I was a, I was a professional wrestler kind of like in my early twenties, like they probably should have mentioned that path. first. I, I love it. It's like yes. professional wrestler, yeah. forensic accountant, viral video content creator. Yes, it all fits in, right? It's it, it's it actually works. more like um, it's almost like the forensic accountant was like the rebound girlfriend, you know, like between <laughs> the two wives. It's like it was just kind of like that thing that got you through till the other stage. So to kind of give some background, um, I was a professional wrestler. I was on television. I was doing, you know, the whole wrestling thing. 
which is a lot of entertainment, you know. Um, is it real? Is it all staged? Like you look, it's all orchestrated, um, it's, right? It's yeah. So a lot of people ask that um, it's pre-planned. Like the physicality is real. Like people are legitimately hitting each other. You know, you're getting slammed. It's just you anticipate it. You train. You know, almost like um, like trapeze artists, like that are you know they're manipulating their bodies to you know move in, in kind of like almost like dancing, but. You are I was going to say, it sounds it like a dance. Hurts. It sounds like a, a coordinated yes, dance. Like, yes. you know, according that, to their movement, if they it. start to lean in on the right, you're leaning out the left, like. Right, right, okay. right. But like, if I'm getting hit with a chair, I'm getting hit with a real chair. So that, that sounds really they're, painful. They're like, they're why, would you, the table. why would you want to do that? You know what it is when you have like a, a an audience of 20, 30,000 people and, um, you know, it's it, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, the energy you're must just be like incredible. You're, you're feeling. Yeah. And it's just like you have adrenaline. You're in the moment. It's almost like working out. Working out is painful, but the payoff, you know, the result that you get is kind of what makes it worth it. So it's, it's a performance art, you know, and and that's kind of how I view it. So. So, yeah, I did so that. That's for a bunch where of years. the performer comes I'm yeah, just, I have yeah. to tell you, when you said for, I'm, I knew, there's a part of me that knew you had to have performance background somewhere. You cannot do what you do that well, that quickly without having a background stage presence. You just can't. Absolutely. So then what was yours? Because like, I feel like you're a performer. <laughs> what did you do? What have I <laughs> done? That magic I, am, I, I am a different story. I don't have any professional background. I just have really? a ton of experience. So I, the first time I ever spoke in front of an audience was when I was 19 in a, a religious seminary in Jerusalem. And I was so nervous wow. and I gave like a 15 minute, like inspirational, like religious talk. And I was so nervous. Um, and I took like a public speaking course in university and I fell in love. So like as a kid, I used to make up, I used to write music and song, not music, just songs. I don't know how to play anything. My daughter is a genius. She can play by ear. She listens to things and then she plays it on piano. I'm like, how, oh, how incredible. do you know how to do it? Like, I don't even know what right. that is. That is the coolest thing. So I started right. music. I used to perform for my family. You know, I used to love like getting on stage and like school plays, but nothing like really nothing and then I discovered public speaking and I was like oh my god I love this you know I'm learning how to hold That's a crowd and getting a crowd to like where a pin could drop and they're just with you and you're holding their energy I'm like this is the coolest thing I have ever done right. and then right. I just got addicted and I started teaching I taught high school now teaching high school seniors last period on a Friday afternoon coming in middle of the year. That's your gauntlet. I did that for a year. I wanted to quit every week. <laughs> um, I used to speak at university. I like held a club and it was so much as was like religious stuff. It was like religious talks and inspirational, right, motivational. Right. It was, this is my early iterations. And then taking that to social was the next step, but I started it all in person, but I, I don't have any professional background. I just I've been doing it for so long at this point that I guess that's where I come from. You pick up, yeah, like it's just, it's a slow- It's, it's a, a slower slow process but... instead of like, and and you always have a natural inclination. Like I still remember, I used to like right. stand on the couch and perform for my relatives, you know, when I was a kid. <laughs> that's cute, I like, that. I like that, I like that. I like that. 
Uh, okay, so the professional wrestling, we got distracted. Um, because the 20, 30,000 people, how did you, how do you start getting into that? Like, where do you wake up one day and go, you know, these guys are getting hit with tables and chairs. I feel like that looks like something I want to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, um, I, I have, I, I'm not trying to be silly, but it's like, it, it almost feels like we must live in some type of matrix like world or, or oh, we do. I, 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 I am religious. I do believe there is a God. So let me kind of like preface by saying that more so than the matrix angle. They but, don't, um, they don't. Was, can we I just was... pause here? I have to stop you. They are not mutually exclusive at any level, right? I don't know any, any like adults, that. guys, any of Thank you, you. Who still sit and think that there's an old white man with a long beard sitting in a chair somewhere up where clouds are. I'm sorry. This is not kindergarten. Right, God is source, creator, sustainer of the universe. And it's really the same concept. The more you look into worldwide religions, it's all the same. You look into meditation, it's the same. It's all the same. The creator of the matrix. The matrix is the best documentary out there. I love that. Well, thank you for saying that. That's, yes. Like I, I felt, I, sometimes I feel shame over saying something like that. No, there's no because shame. It's there's like, no you know, discrepancy. Yeah. There's no, it's a maturity. And a lot of people, you know, we learn about God from the time we're tiny. And then like for me, I went to religious school my entire life from the time I was three and then went right. super hardcore in my late teens. Um, we don't revisit the pictures that we get in our heads from the time we're children necessarily. And then you can feel shame because you can right, feel like right. you're violating something, but you're not, you're just gaining a new level right. of mature understanding about it. I love that. That's a great way to put it. Thank you. Look at you. Yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm glad you know. that we, I'm glad that we share that belief. Yeah. yeah. So, so just through, just through that, yes. you know, and, and now to kind of like provide some back background on it. I was, I was uh, growing up, I was bullied a lot. Um, I was like chubby. I was kind of short, you know? Um, and then, yeah. So I would just get bullied a ton by, by the other kids. And I remember watching, um, these, these professional wrestlers on television, they were like real life superheroes. You know, there were people that I could connect with not that I could relate to at the time, but I could connect with them. I, I you know, I was living vicariously through them. They were so special. Right. And uh, they were so confident on the microphone, the way that they presented themselves, they, the way that they fought for what they believed in. I, I wanted that. So um, I had a couple of nice growth spurts. I, you know, blew past six foot and, you know, um, I, I put on some weight and um, I was 18 years old and I heard that there was a wrestling school probably 20 minutes away from me. And um, within two months of starting at the wrestling school, I was already on television. And this is something that people fight for 10, 15 years. Wow. And I just went from being an ordinary guy to being on television. Here's the craziest part. Growing up, my hero was uh, Chris Jericho. He was like by far my favorite guy. And, um, you know, uh, like he was my hero, the guy I looked up to, the one that I, I aspired to be like. And he retired in 2005 and I started in 07. And I remember being backstage and they didn't tell me what my role was going to be. They just said, okay, you're going to prepare to do this, this and that. So just, and, and I asked them like, okay, well, who am I working with? What am I going to be doing? You know? And they wouldn't tell me because it's, it was a surprise return. And it was Chris Jericho, <gasps> the guy that like, I grew up idolizing oh my and like, like literally he like patted me on the back and it's, and he's like, Hey champ, looks like I'm going to be working with you tonight. And I just like, I, I like such a rush of emotion. <laughs> I, like, and I was in front of a bunch of guys. I just started crying like a baby. Oh. I was like, I couldn't even control myself. 
what was the probability that my childhood hero would be the guy that I would be working with? That's like a one in a two. That's why I say there's a God, because there is no way. There is no way that this could have been planned out. You know, it's something more divine had to have taken over. So from that moment forward, I, I committed myself to becoming a professional wrestler. And this is the thing about success. <clears throat> it's almost worse when you have a taste of it. Once you've been there, it's a lot harder to let go of things because you 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 know what it's like. You've been there. You've You've had a taste. And then, you know, so I spent most of my 20s going after the dream, but I got two left feet. It just wasn't made to be at that level. So then I got into the forensic accounting when I just decided like, okay, this wasn't for me. I guess I'm just not meant to be famous. I'm not meant to be a performer. Let me just accept defeat and go work for the family business. And then, yeah. And then inevitably it led to where we are today. So, yeah. Wow. So you're a master manifest manifester, clearly. Um, those levels so. of coordination, so. we all have it, right? I love those lines. And I have these all over my wall. Like coincidence is when God does something and signs it anonymous. Like so many synchronicities where things stitch together in ways that no human could ever have assembled. <laughs> it's just, and that's why I was, I'm a God believer. I don't understand atheists. They don't usually come into my world. I think the world must be the most terrifying place if you don't believe in a power greater than yourself, especially now. Like how scary is this planet if you don't believe in a higher power, but there is nothing new under the sun. This is what Perry Marshall was just saying before um, last week's episode. There's nothing new, right? News, this was his quote actually. He said, news is just old things happening to new people. Like, oh my God, yes because there's patterns. Okay, we can get so lost here, but I would not be right of you <laughs> not to I'm, talk I'm, LinkedIn I'm with you. You know, I think we yes, could talk yes. anything for hours. It would not be right of me not to talk LinkedIn with you. So you're going to pull back the curtain because that's what we do here. We pull back the curtain. We let everyone in on the secrets. Um, you went from zero to hero, as they say, right? Zero to, what do you have? Yes. Um, how many followers? Um, I'm approaching right 90,000. Yeah. Okay. In like what? It, like less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. About um, a year. Your videos About are year. incredible. Yeah. They're addictive. Like I love watching them. I save them because I want to go over them Thank and tear you. them apart with like a fine tooth comb. Plus, I I love yes. them on all the levels. I love them on the surface level just for the basic knowledge that they give. Like I am learning so much from you. And I love them on the deeper levels of looking how you cut, how you move, the angles, the lighting, the, the, like, the little pieces, the deeper psychological things that you're throwing in. I'm like, oh, it's a master and there's class. so many. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm going to so, love talking So take it that. apart yeah. for us. Tell, just, just start. Just throw it at us. Okay, this is uh, like I've never talked about this before, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it here. And, and this is like, uh, it's, it's an important part of it. Um, I make videos for five-year-olds. <laughs> I make videos for five-year-olds. I don't make videos for business professionals or um, any, you know, yeah, like I make videos for five-year-olds. And the reason why I say that is because if, if anybody that watches my content, there is so much going on constantly, right? And the reason why is <clears throat> like traditional advertising, traditional commercials, you were kind of stuck, yeah, you, you know, if, if you're watching, you know, television, you had to watch the commercial. It was just an inevitable reality. Before there was cell phones, you know, there, yeah, you just had to sit through it. You know, if it was entertaining, better. If it was super boring, well, whatever. We got to sit through it. It's just a reality, right? So, and the same thing with like billboard advertising. Before there were cell phones, <clears throat> if you're sitting in the passenger seat, 
you're going to be staring at a lot of billboards on the wall, right? <clears throat> when it comes to social media marketing, when it comes to social media as a whole, um, we don't have that that challenge anymore. We can continue to scroll, right? Correct. So you got like a less, you got like a semi-second rule. That first half right. second, if you people are like, oh, it's three seconds. I'm like, no, it's not a three. Three seconds is once they click on something <sighs> for you. You got like a right. a millisecond to grab right. someone at a subconscious level, or they've just blown right past you. Right, exactly. A thousand percent. So that is why, you know, when you're watching some of my content and people will tell me there's like, I feel exhausted by the time I'm done watching your video because so much happened. But the whole idea is, is that every, you know, every microsecond, I'm trying to keep your attention so that you continue to watch. That's the whole idea. Because once you've invested two minutes, they say that it takes 10 interactions before somebody actually reaches out to you, right? So if I can hook you for two minutes at a time and, you know, I'm only posting twice a week. Um, yeah. Like my goal is within five weeks or, you know, a little over a month, I get somebody to commit to whatever it is that I'm doing. And um, it, it has been incredibly successful, but it all goes back to this idea. It's not the easy way to do it. I'll, you know, I do want to get into how long it takes and all of that. Um, it's not the easiest way to do it, but I'm a natural, I'm a natural introvert, you know, like put me in a room full of 10 people. Like I can speak on stage, no problem, because something that people don't realize, and, and I'm sure you know, Esty, it's like when you're on stage, you can't see people's faces. They, it's almost like they blur out. There's too many faces. There's too many people. It almost looks like a wave. You can't really see people, right? <laughs> but if you put me in a, in a, like a small party of 10 people that I do not know and sit like that is my nightmare, room 10 people and I have to introduce myself to them. Like I want to die, you know? You might be but, an um, extroverted the, introvert. So this is actually what I am and people don't believe me. And I bet when you say that people, they don't believe like you can't be an introvert. People say that to me all the time. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The extrovert and the introvert, first of all, it's not binary. It's a spectrum. On one end, you've got total extrovert. On one end, you've got total introvert. And then most people fall right. somewhere in the middle and it's kind of, where do you tip? But I read something years ago about an extroverted introvert. I'm like, Oh my God, it's me. <laughs> because it's me. I found myself. <laughs> yeah. You feed off the crowd energy. You can't be without it, but you recharge on your own. So when I do a conference and I'm like 12 hours straight and I'm speaking and I'm talking to people and I'm talking and talking, if I didn't have a six hour flight home to recover, I could never do it. Wow. Yeah. That's what it is. That's, that's the recharge. Is. And if I, I need like the time to recharge my lot, batteries, right. When you're out a lot, a lot. So, and and, but if you're just alone by yourself all the time, there's no people, you're like, the world is such a sad place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's what it's it is. It's so I'm true. I'm telling you, it's yeah. genius. I, I need to, I need to look into that because it's, that sounds, that sounds like what I am. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, like, um, the reason why I say all that is because there's, um, there's, there is like a lot of the, the, you know, the pressure and the feeling of, you know, like creating the content and all of that. But also, once you're um, that good, you can't do any lower. Like you can't just take a selfie video and post it. Like right. you have set right, a standard right, right. for yourself that is so high. You've set a standard for others by the standard that, but the standard for yourself is so high that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I feel that pressure. Like I get that. Like I scrap posts. If I do a post and I'm like, this is not my standard. I can't even post this. And I'll have the whole, cause I have a team who helps me. I'll have them like edit and caption and mock them the whole thing. And then I'm like, no, we can't post this. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I've done the same. 
like I've gone through my whole process. I've spent, you know, 12, 15 hours editing a video and I decide that it's not because what people don't realize is you get one. Because I'm going to pause you, know? you guys, 12 to 15 hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you do the whole video, thing yourself? For a two minute video. Do you do the yes. whole thing yourself? Wow. Yes. And what tool are you using? Uh, Premiere Pro. Premiere Pro. Adobe that's what Premiere I figured. Pro. That's what Shay, because I know that's what Shay used. So I wasn't sure yeah, if you yeah. guys would. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?